When University of Waterloo professor David Hammond first shared preliminary results of his teen vaping and smoking study with Health Canada and the media in late 2018, he did so with the hope that his findings were just a blip, a sentiment he expressed at the time and then again in June 2019 when the study was finally published in the British, Amer excuse me, in the British Medical Journal. While the results of the survey showed a 74% increase in teen vaping measured as used once in the past 30 days, from 2017 to 2018, the most explosive finding was in regard to youth smoking. Dr. Hammond's research purported to find a massive year-over-year -year increase of 45% in the prevalence of smoking among youth ages 16 to 19 in Canada. The finding fueled national news coverage, hyping the teen vaping epidemic, and bolstered the claim that vaping is a gateway to smoking. Now, one year later, Dr. Hammond and the British Medical Journal have issued a correction to the controversial study and admit that not only was there no increase in teen smoking, the rate fell by 7%. Hammond's study showed this worrying increase in youth smoking and another increase in youth vaping. Um, and the data is being shared with Health Canada, with journalists, with who knows who else, but not with scientists who could peer review it or people who could actually look at the data, look at the stats and decide how reliable are these numbers? Should we be using these? to influence public policy. A lot of us were concerned about this 45% increase. We just thought that doesn't jive with any other data sets we've seen from anywhere. A few days after the original BMJ paper came out, Stats Canada released a bunch of numbers that showed that no, in fact, youth smoking rates fell again, as they have year after year after year. We're looking at uh, David Hammond's research saying there's a 45% increase year over year, and then StatsCan comes out four days later, releases their data and says that teen smoking amongst daily smokers is so low that it's statistically, you can't record it. It's unreliable. Yeah, exactly. These numbers are so low that we can't do any kind of reliability estimates about how close those numbers would actually be to the real statistical um, parameters of the whole population. So it's used with caution, I think is a good way to put it, because it's just so whoppingly low that you cannot rely on it. So it's, you know, 0.9. It's not 15.5. How can you reconcile those two findings that one is saying it's gone up 45%, the other is saying it's gone down. Um, and so just this week, uh, the, the Hammond Group issued um, a statement saying that, that the, they, in fact, when they reweighted the numbers from their survey for Canada and the U.S. and England, um, smoking rates in Canada actually went down by 7%. So now the issue is, well, what should be done about the impact of the original study that claimed a 45% increase? And that impact was huge. In the new year, late January, early February, in terms of having to respond to this vaping epidemic, Health Canada basically 100%, if this is the way we read it, basically cracked open the as yet not even year old law <coughs> in place and cracked it open and issued two consultations to the public. And the issue here is that Dr. Hammond's research was distributed to Health Canada. And we know that because that's what he told the CBC. Here is the December 8th piece again. Health Canada officials told CBC News in an email that the minister hadn't seen Hammond's research when she made those comments. On Thursday, Hammond sent his entire paper to Health Canada at the same time as he submitted it for publication. 
Any new and emerging data that suggests an increase in youth vaping or tobacco use would be a concern to the minister. What we have here is we have basically this research, the findings that are explosive being shared with Health Canada. And I don't necessarily have a problem specifically with that, but when he lit up the media, when he lit up the media, then at that point then, I mean, he's that, that, that is, that's in getting involved basically in the regulatory process because the, the piece, his, his study was not shared with anybody else, harm reduction advocates, politicians from, you know, the peer opposition. Peer reviewers. Peer, peer reviewers. reviewers. On no man's word. That is, you accept no claim to truth or knowledge on any man's word. You need reliable, testable proof before you accept it as true. And so I think this is just exactly a, a kind of case of that, that, you know, in science, people do research and somebody's got to check their math, right? And it should be other researchers and journal editors and people who have some expertise in the subject matter and not the media and not politicians and policymakers. I think that's just the wrong approach to using scientific evidence for anything. Well, um, and I, so I think that mistake was made in spades in this case. Right. And let there be no mistake that all of the uh, turmoil in the vaping industry uh, that's been going on. So you've got ban you know, draconian bans in Nova Scotia. You know, you've definitely had some strong, uh, you know, action in Ontario, though it's not bad. BC has just released their stuff, uh, their uh, regs in mon on Monday. And so all of the, and Alberta's coming, you know, Quebec is a nightmare. I, there's just no way that this uh, research has not impacted, did not set, or at least continue the fire uh, that was going on with regards to all of these uh, bans. I, I think that's a fair comment. I mean, we won't know what the atmosphere, the regulatory atmosphere would be like had that not happened, right? If it's uh, hypothetical. Right. Um, but I, I think it's fair comment to say that it had an influence. Well, Hold let's, on. and on that influence, let's still, you know, stick back to 2019. So we uh, were fortunate enough to have Health Canada invite us to Ottawa for an interview with Director General James Van Loon for the, from the Tobacco Control Directorate. So he's the boss uh, when yeah. it comes to uh, tobacco and vaping for Health Canada. So we had a sit-down interview with him. I believe you've described it to the industry as an existential crisis or threat. It's certainly a very, very big issue. I actually remember the conversation that, uh, that you're referring to there. It was right after the FDA had called this an ex existential threat. What I was trying to convey to the industry in that conversation, and what I think is still true, is that the level of concern here is just as high. We are aware of some evidence that suggests that there is a rapid increase in the rate of youth use of vaping products, and that's something that we find very alarming. So, um, so yes, that is a, a challenge that we're facing. Yeah, I mean, I have to ask you, what is the data that supports that level of alarm in Canada? Mm -hmm. Because even uh, David Hammond mm -hmm. told us that mostly the data that he's got mirrors the U.S., but it's not public yet. And so if the data isn't public yet, how do we know that there is the alarm? Yeah, so, I mean, David has... I'll take a step back on that. Actually, we, we have data going back many, many years on, on rates of vaping in Canada. We have a couple of national level surveys that suggest, or that, that canvas people for how much smoking is going on, how much vaping use. One is the Canadian Tobacco Alcohol Drug Survey. One is the Canadian Student Tobacco Alcohol Drug Survey. In the previous cycles of those, CTADS had showed a fairly consistent level of vaping. 
Uh, but the Canadian Student Tobacco Alcohol Drug Survey had shown a substantial increase over the previous two years leading up to 2017. And that was about 30% about a year. So we knew there was an upward trend. We're also carefully watching what's going on in the United States because a lot of the same products are available and you know, the kids all speak the same language and oftentimes things follow along in Canada from what's happened in the U.S. first. So that's alarming. And then David Hanneman came and showed us his, as yet, as far as I know, unpublished data, uh, but that showed similar trends in Canadian youth use of vaping products as what had been seen in the U.S. So that was enough for us to feel like there's a substantial cause, and certainly our minister feels there's a substantial cause for concern here, and that's why we've been looking at the additional measures that we can take to try to put additional pressure downwards on youth uptake of vaping. He said that... Dr. David Hammond's research that he shared with Health Canada that even in April of 2019 had yet to be published, and yep. the director uh, general said that it gave substantial concern to take action. Yeah, for cause the, for concern. Yeah, cause for concern. For, with Health Canada and the Minister of Health is what he's saying. So, that, I mean, that's that right there, you can't have anything clearer than to say that this research that has now been corrected um, it was, you know, played a big role. Yeah, I, as I said, I have no doubt that it had an impact. How big an impact, we'll never know. We don't know what other material they were reviewing behind closed doors. Um, but we do now know that the information they had in hand was not correct. I don't think there was any malicious intent on their part. I think it, it wasn't even an error or a mistake. Um, they just didn't have the, the information that they needed when they published the paper to properly weight the data and the trends for time. Um, but they got that pretty quickly after. And, uh, you know, I'll let other people be the judge of whether it took them too long to publish it. And then we can talk about how um, little fanfare there has been about this correction or even about how hard it is to find it. So they've issued this correction. And so those, I, maybe describe for us how this correction comes about with BMG. Did, you know, Dr. Hammond just decide to do it? Was there pressure? I, I don't know whether there was any pressure. I think as a scientist, when you say we're publishing data, we don't have any data on which to properly weight the variables because that data doesn't exist. So it's not an error or a mistake that they didn't do it, it just wasn't there. But if very quickly after that, those weighting variables become available, you should say, well, now I'm gonna go back and I'm, I'm gonna do that. Um, so he did and eventually contacted BMJ and said, uh, actually, when we redo this data, okay, so there's the original data. The paper itself has not changed since it was originally published. And it's still available, correct? It's still available. Um, and then there's that pink sort of rectangle there that says there's a correction. And if you go ahead and click on that. Okay, let's give everybody just a second here to absorb this site. So if you're looking for the correction, so if you're finding, you know, doing search and research and you end up at the prevalence of vaping and smoking among adolescents in Canada, England, and the United States uh, repeat national cross-sectional surveys, which was published in June, on June 20th, 2019. Here yep. we are in yep. July 10th, 2020, and you get a box that says, this article has a correction, please see. Continue, please, Chris. Click this. Okay, so click that, and you'll think, oh boy, here we go, and you get nothing. 
I mean, you can look at that and you can say, if you abstract, it'll just reload the page. Okay, let's do that. Well, let's do that because I did that about three or four times going, well, where is this correction? Okay, so now if you had the wherewithal to persist this far, if you look on the right-hand side, that menu, you'll see data supplement. Now, if you were looking for a correction, I'm not sure you'd look there, but go ahead and click that. (laughs) Well, I am clicking it. Okay, hold on. There we go. There we go. Okay, Okay, now scroll up. You got to scroll. Yeah, because it jumps down, right? You can't don't even see the right. Okay, sends you to related articles. So now click on data supplement, the little one under where it says data supplement. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You got to click data supplement twice. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just absorbing the transparency here. This finally, at last, is the update. Um, and it's very short on uh, the specifics of how the weighting was applied and things like that. But, uh, you know, that's fine. Um, but as you can see, if you scroll down to the, what's the, yeah, that bottom paragraph there. Whoa, whoa, stop. Okay, so the effect of the, yeah, so that paragraph. Okay, so originally it was from, it, smoking went from 10.7 to 15.5, a statistically significant increase. Revised after reweighting to 10.7% to 10.0%, no significant change. U.S. data, the same thing, no significant change. Um, so, and that's it. And that's okay, now, that's it, everything it, it, in the correction. And now, if you were to go back, whirl your way back to the original paper, you'll see that it is unchanged. It still says in the conclusions, um, Between 2017 and 2018, among 16 to 19-year-olds, the prevalence of vaping increased in Canada and the U.S., as did smoking in Canada. Hmm. So the text of that paper is identical to what it was the day it was published. Um, And I'm hopeful that that will change and change quickly. Um, And that's, I think, on the editors at BMJ to get on the case, correct that text. Some people are saying they should retract and resubmit. Um, I leave that to the editors to decide. But something needs to be done about the fact that you have a screaming conclusion that smoking is statistically significantly increasing in Canada. And then buried, buried way deep down, you find, oops, no, never mind, it actually went down. And it is buried, isn't it? I mean, is that fair to say? Because uh, yeah, just... I mean, it, yeah, it is buried at the moment. And okay, it's all very recent in the last few days. Let's give them a chance to do a more proper job of that. And so that's why I think you're right to title this a pivotal moment. So it's a pivotal moment for the editors at BMJ to say, okay, what do we do now, right? We shouldn't have this uh, hidden way down deep. We shouldn't have the conclusions, the erroneous conclusions that are still being pointed to by uh, researchers and policymakers who are opposed to tobacco harm reduction. We should fix that, okay? in terms of Dr. Hammond's research team, they went very quickly to Health Canada and the media when they thought this was true. I want to see how very quickly they go to the media and Health Canada now knowing that it's not true. right? And then the third group, I think, are policymakers and politicians that if you're basing everything you're doing at Health Canada and in British Columbia and Alberta and Nova Scotia and Ontario on this assumption that smoking is going up or that the gateway effect is true, then are you going to take a step back and say, wait a minute, did we go too far? Did we get caught up in the moral panic about a non-existent epidemic and non-existent increases in smoking rates and actually create policy that will work against what our stated objectives are? So we'll see. It's a pivotal moment. 